1: baseball your way download it now for free from the app store or google play blackout and other restrictions apply major league baseball trade parts used with permission previously on crash and fourier you're the daughter of a division one college basketball father. athlete a father well, father okay. sorry you have a, a daughter no you have a daughter Can <laughs> <laughs> happen a thing. thing. they won all. the suny state championship in 95 all the 10 kids that show up because their teachers take them as a field trip. This is Gresh and Fourier. David Pasternak must score. The Bulls finish with a shootout loss. Another blow. Lead.
0: Andy Gresh. Yeah, we had a decent road trip. You know, we uh, could have done better, could have done worse. There are definitely some areas we need to continue to improve upon. You know, we can't let games slip away from us. It happened uh, a couple times on this trip, you know, so it's good to get 5 of 8, but uh, we should have more. Christian Fourier. Clearly the goalpost
1: has shifted dramatically. Because in this guy's case, he's 5th, and they got a seven and a half game lead. That goal post is moving on, JT. I don't know what JT got to do. Gresh and Fourier right now. Where's your bikini picture? On W E don't know what that was for. Where is your bikini picture? Oh, yeah. It was uh, more of Coco jumping on Twitch. Did they uh, do it today, today for a spike? Anything? I mean, we have s- Billy in a bikini today coming up at 120. Uh, what do you think we, what do you think if we advertise Billy in a string bikini, like a Brazilian bikini, like with the real small little top, right, and the strings, all that stuff, full Brazilian bikini, we advertise it, what do you think that we could get the numbers up to? Oh, we would get it. We, we did it oh, at Twitch. We would, what do you think? I'm th- Oh, we would get into five figures for people to so see too. Billy's figure. Are you kidding do, me? Do you think Billy is willing to take one for the team? Uh, no, not at this level, No. And, and we he's a father we, now. We, he has to be, he has to do respectable things. Over a billion, 200, yeah. a trillion, 200 billion. Bubba at some point would be like, dad, uh, what made you decide to wear a string bikini? Oh, that is actually, <laughs> uh, that would be one of the, uh, uh, one of the things that you would, you would figure it would roll out at some point, just like your children will to you. Oh, I deal with it now. Yeah, it's fine. I'm okay with it. I said you like that. uh, You like those those clothes on your back. You like that. uh, that, uh, You know, like the gas money. You like the Christmas presents. You You went. You like all that stuff. You went grandpa route, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want my comeuppance. I used to have a guy that he did not, but he did not like. uh, He was so adamant about making sure that his kids knew that he was responsible for everything that they had, even when Christmas came along. Yep. He refused to talk about Santa the way most parents talk about Santa. He said, I'm Santa. He just rolled it right out. He he said, listen, no, everything you get is because of me, not some imaginary fat guy. Somebody said uh, Wiggy Skiing had 2,300 more Twitchers than Coco's Bikini. I don't know about that. Mm, I like to get the numbers, uh, the real numbers on yeah, that. Yeah, I think there's a, there are also a high amount of people on Twitch who either are hoping for some nudity or a nip slip as much as they're hoping that uh, someone like Jermaine sliding down the slopes would snap his leg and yeah. you know, slide on his yeah. face and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if judging by the uh, Twitch forum is exactly a uh, an indicator of a sparkling amount of success considering, you know, one of us could ride a plastic pickle or something like that <laughs> or a blow-up pickle in a shallow tub of olive oil and probably Ooh, get a bunch going. of people that would watch. No, no, no. Only Billy can do that. Only Billy can roll out the go on. Well, the Bruins are going on. Uh, really, they're coming home now. Thank God. After this, uh, well, a, a, you know, a week ago it was, oh, they need to get out of town. Yeah. And they get five of eight points on the trip, but it feels really hollow because of whether it's an overtime loss or a loss in a shootout or even a win in a, in a shootout. Uh, last night, the Bruins, you know, again, uh, it, Pasta gets them up early. Pasta is really the only guy offensively with any sort of heartbeat. You turn around and you look and the Bruins are 4-3 losers in a shootout once again. And the bigger question, like for me, Christian, it's not so much the what happens in overtime or what happens in a shootout. It's the why are they going to overtime? Because the and it's one thing I do hate about the NHL. But I get it because of TV constraints is that the rules are different in the regular season than they are in the postseason once you go to overtime. You know, uh, this is the unique situation of getting the three on three, and you're just looking to. There are, when you go to overtime, it's real overtime come the playoffs. But I think, Christian, the bigger question is is there a mental hang up with this team to where they have a 3 2 lead and then they blow it late? And then they're going into multiple overtimes come the postseason and completely draining themselves. So I don't know if it is so much what has happened in overtimes and shootouts as it is, is there a real problem and why they keep going to overtime and is that potentially the fatal flaw? Yeah, and it's um, and if you could, even if you go to last night's game, uh, so Olmark had a really boneheaded play where he's trying to knock the puck out of the air, out of the zone and it ricochets off uh, somebody else, and he gives up a goal. Th- that, that, you could literally look to that one particular goal and say, well, that could have been the difference of the game. So then they, they're they leading one nothing. then they're tied 1-1. Now they're, Then they're up 2-1, then they're tied 2-2. Then they go down 3-2, then they tie it up at 3-3. It's amazing. It is a, it is a lot. It's almost like, you know, they sit there and so say they, they can't hold the lead, and why can't they hold it? And then in the third period, do they just, you know – is it just too much complacency is it too much just uh, okay we've been here before we'll figure it out i honestly god i don't know because if you hear if you listen to montgomery you know he doesn't seem worried cuz i would say is this time like is this uh, is this something that you should be focusing on uh, something that will come back to bite you in the postseason. Here's a little bit of Monty after the game, not only talking about overtime, but other, you know, everything that kind of goes into what Christian just talked about. And we talked about it in between the second about being aggressive, um, offensively, so that we could, you know, we want to have a uh, killer instinct, also extend leads. So is you know? it lack
0: of focus? Is it uh, I No, I don't think it's – I don't know.
1: No, I, I, I think it's um, – Sometimes when you're in that situation and things don't go well, you you wait for things to happen instead of making things happen. I think we're waiting for things to happen. We don't have the right attitude to start thirds with the lead. Okay, so the whole killer instinct, I heard Pasternak talk about this also. Somebody asked him about it because this is the new narrative. They don't have a killer instinct. That's the new narrative. Reporter asked uh, Pasternak about it, kind of hemmed and hawed and didn't really answer it. Montgomery obviously mentioned it himself, which I was surprised by, to be honest with you. And I would just say like what does that even mean? Like to me sometimes the whole killer instinct is such a kind of a vague term. Like you're you're trying to score, you're hoping to score, you're you're being aggressive, but like maybe you know, they just played a little bit better. Maybe you don't have the right personnel. So even though you have one guy that's getting all the goals, I don't know if it actually I don't really know if if that's the actual answer. Like, is the reason why they are losing these overtime games because they don't have a killer instinct? No, I think it is more rooted in defense, and there is the backstop of overtime and the shootout. And again, you know, you look at it, and it's not like the Bruins didn't come away with points on this trip. It's the, damn, you know, in this instance, it was you were down 3-2, scored to tie it, then went to overtime. I don't know how that isn't some level of, say, killer instinct. or or and, and killer instinct might be wrong. It at least shows you there's fight and there's fire in this team. And it isn't just, well, we're up 3-2 and we gave up a goal. Now it's tied. Woe is me. I don't think that is this group. And I also don't think that Monty is just sort of like whistling past the graveyard and is completely blind to what is going on. But I do think there is the heavy kind of reliance in the belief that, okay, it's five on five in overtime in the postseason. We play real hockey after 60 minutes still in the postseason, and that's what the Bruins are built for. Really what they need, I think, Christian, They they need a bit of a shakeup. They need a jolt and that's where it gets what, a, a, a jolt of what well, uh, cuz they've been moving the lines around for a while now. No, 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 they need mm. uh they they need another body. It, it it's now time in my opinion for the Bruins where you you've got to consider flipping Allmark because he's the guy who makes more money and the Bruins you could argue if the Bruins got another defenseman, if they could find a a top four defensemen in a trade for Allmark. Now it sort of resets everyone. You refresh the defense. You bring in another body. You get arguably one of those olds off the ice, you know, and and I'm not down on Shattenkirk, don't get me wrong, or anything like that but <clears throat> I, I I'm, well, I'm also missing Lindholm who's well hurt. And, and and look I know Linus has been uh I know uh, sorry Lindholm has been hurt forort got suspended for a game because he missed a meeting like that that's never good but Don Sweeney's he, he can go Don Sweeney's got to do something to sort of shake this up a little bit Mark and Medford with Gresham Fourier hello Mark I don't want to hear the Lindholm is hurt crap because Lindholm has been missing all year. The guy was a Norris Trophy candidate last season. The guy's a shell of himself right now. I wouldn't mind not seeing him, Grizzly or Carlo on the ice ever again. And yes, trade i there is no need to have two number one goalies. If Bussy is the goalie they say he is, then he's more than adequate enough to back up Jeremy Swayman. Hmm. Mark, early morning hockey call. I love it. The bring the fire. Here's the thing with with uh, Don Sweeney and this trade deadline. Um, last year, it was obvious they believed that they had a legitimate chance at the Stanley Cup. Legitimate chance. for Bertuzzi. Uh, Orlov on Hathaway, right? So they and then they gave up all their first round picks. They don't have a first round pick this year. They only have, I think, a well, fourth. they 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 gave up their one, two, and three for the twenty four draft, and they have their first and third rounder in twenty twenty five. I do believe the second round 25 pick was a part of the Garnett Hathaway deal. So if you believe that last year they, they they were all in, so they obviously made moves, I just don't know like, if it's worth it to trade Olmark unless you get something significant that you believe will legitimately help you win a Stanley Cup because you're going to want to trade him and move him when the value is there. And the return is something like really good. Right, And I don't know if they can do that this year or if they even think it's worth it because they know this year was so much different than last year. Like last year, breaking records, everybody thought that was their time. It didn't work out. Do you think that they believe they have a Stanley Cup team? Yeah. How could they not? Well, then, then, then they should trade. And then they should treat it the same way they did last year. I, I mean, don't think they do. I, I don't. I don't know, dude. Do, do the other teams with 82 points at the top of the NHL look around and go, "Nah, we're not really a contender"? Like that. Did that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But if last year was the indicator of them declaring to the hockey world yeah. that they were there, and then they chased it, right? Did they not? Oh, well, yeah they, but they had every good reason to. Agreed. And do you but, think it's the same this year? Well, yeah. Oh, I don't think so. Christian, it's not I don't think so. it doesn't Last year's team doesn't matter. It's what matters is the rest of the league. And relative to the rest of the league, the Bruins are one of the top 4 contenders for the the Stanley Cup. I mean, I yeah, I I I don't know what I don't know how last year ties into this year other than there's a depletion of assets which I think now forces Don Sweeney to have to say I'm going to have to pluck somebody off the roster to go make a move. And the money issue with that, they're going to have to take away to add. They have no money to add. And there are a lot of teams like that. So I think when you look across the NHL, I think there could end up being some matches, but then again, it's got to work for everybody. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if there is. We will have people in the Twitch chat that will scream for hockey talk. But if I said, is it time to trade all Mark now? I really wonder how many Bruins fans are like, yeah, 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 you have to. At 617 779 7937 we've got a lot to get to today. Uh, Draymond Green made some comments about Jason Tatum trying to win the MVP. And again, is it time to trade one of these goalies? Is it time to trade Allmark to go get somebody to help the Bruins? We'll... uh, we'll open it up here. Again, 617-779-7937. We got some uh, UMass to get to today as well. They're in the news. Uh, The NFL Competition Committee is doing their thing. Also, a report saying that Kendrick Bourne might not be back. I'm going to run that by Christian as well. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month.
0: New iPhone 15s? You spend over here.
1: Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime.
0: Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y.
1: Save I's a favorite and listen wherever you go.
0: Now, more Gresh and Fourier.
1: On WEI. More of the Bruins reaction in the Twitch chat than anywhere else. Some folks are thinking that uh, if, if you get rid of Omar, bring in some help. Maybe the sway man gets a little more confidence considering how arbitration went. I know he didn't like that. At some point, you're not going to be able to pay 8 million to two goalies, and the Bruins are going to have to try to rationalize that in terms of the, uh, the trade deadline. And again, if you think it's time to trade Linus... 617-779-793-7. 617 779 We'll put some uh we'll put some things to test on the air that the Twitch chat screams about. And uh we'll see if the uh the hockey folk come a running. Uh Elliot Wolf did just get done speaking at the Combine. We're uh yeah. kind of breaking all of uh all of that down. And again, <laughs> it, it's you know what? There's a theme. Oh, and you know what? I think we should just start playing the Barney theme. Really? Oh, I love, I love you. You, you. you love me. <laughs> We're a happy family because Big Bad Bill got shoved out the door. Now we can all hug much more. Oh my God. So you want, so you, we've hit the Barney era down there. I think we've, I think it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, I don't know. Like combination of we all love each other. Everybody's happy. To back to "Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead." Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. And like, and this is them. This is Elliot Wolf. This is Gerard Min. May- this is all the scouts, right? So the scouts are the Munchkins. Come out, come out, college scout. Come out, regional NFL scout. Come out, personnel groupings. Come out, weight staff. Everybody, come out. He's gone. We can play now, you can, because I've never. The one theme has nothing to do with silos. It's different. It has nothing to do with silos, because I would say <clears throat> the silos that Bill created were pretty freaking good. They worked. It was awesome. The proof is in the pudding. What they're trying to do now is literally remove themselves, and we've been talking about it forever, and almost bitch and complain. Openly about the way things went and the way things were and how bad they were, and now he's gone. I can free, I can speak freely, and I'm not going to get in trouble because I love you, you he's love like, me, we're, we're a happy, happy family. family. <laughs> <laughs> it is a weird, it oh, is a yeah. weird relation between. <laughs> hey, it's safe to come out, and let's all express our love and admiration for each other, and let's change everything because none of it is the way we wanted to do it, anyways. But the wicked witch, which is Bill. Was kind of like keeping us down and making us hide our true emotions and feelings, and now it's safe to hug. hug. Yeah, big huggies. Yay. big hug. Yeah, I think our <laughs> first day at Gillette down there for camp, we have to start with like the giant Swayman Allmark hug. Yeah, because that's that's you now. know what you know what like basketball players do. I see it a lot in college basketball. Like they all get in a big circle. You know, they, they wrap oh, their yeah, arms yeah. around each other like, man, yeah, you're yeah. awesome. No, They're man, kind of you're bouncing awesome. back and forth yeah, to music or You're whatever. awesome. Yeah. No, who, who yep, yep, yep. no, man, I love you, man. I love you. This is ridiculous. It's It really is an insult to everything that Bill accomplished, to be honest well, with you. Well, again, why is it such a big part of the narrative? If we go all the way back to, you know, and you hate to bag on Mr. Kraft, right? But there was the press conference with Bill. Kumbaya, everyone. And then it's like uh, SpongeBob two hours later. Yeah. I'm glad that son of a bitch is out of here. I mean, it didn't quite go that far, but it sure is all. And then it's more from Mayo and more from Elliot Wolf and. More from oh, I I checked in with the Patriots organization and everybody smiled today. Oh, you know, I always great. thought the the pendulum swing was always with coaches. You hire Red Sox do it, you know, Patriots have done it. You go all the way back in the years from uh, Parcells to you know uh, Pete Carroll and back to Bill. You have a real dominant, aggressive, you know, regulating coach, right? No nonsense guy. He does everything by the book and he, he's really militant about keeping everybody in line. And then that becomes tiresome and old, and everybody's sick of dealing with it, and the pendulum swings to a real team-first, players coach. Hey, open-door policy. Whatever you want, you got it, right? Hey, just as long as you play hard, whatever you need. You Mm -hmm. want a different... You don't like the hotel we're staying in? We'll give you something else. You don't like the food? We're going to fire the chef. What else can I do to make you happy? So that's where they're at now. And can you imagine just how unbelievably restricted and held back... All these guys probably felt they probably felt like if it wasn't for Bill, they'd be you know they'd be more successful or get more credit. And now, oh, there you go. And now you nailed it. It, it might not even be the success; it's the more credit. Because one of the things that I'm reading with Elliot Wolf was the, you know, oh, we're gonna collaborate and listen to everybody, but ultimately I have final say. It it, it it's uh it's like you can finally stand at the front of the line. I'm the guy. Yeah, baby. It's like they just <laughs> all can't wait to run around so and odd. be like, "I get the credit." Yeah. "I get it. It's my call." Yeah, cuz like it must have been like cuz every draft scenario that we would see on draft day or any like video that we would that they would release always showed Bill talking to the scouts and and, uh, "Are you good with this?" And we all know that Bill literally cannot do everything. He has right. to rely on people. Reconnaissance. The scouts are basically just, you know, the reconnaissance. They go out there, they're rogue, and they go find this guy, and they bring back all the information. These are the guys that we like based on your criteria. Okay. Oh, oh so it, so if Mayo doesn't go to the Combine, you mean the exact same sort of setup that was going on with Bill is the one that would be going on with Mayo? Am I reading that? Uh, Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, probably. Essentially, because I mean, yeah. again, it's different. I'm, I'm the belief that everything is different. So why would they do it though? It just, it is, I just, it's amazing. They finally get to just escape their cocoon, which seems like a cocoon of horror when you really think about it. How just, you know, held back they were. And Bill just kept their his thumb on them and never let them just express themselves. And now they can do whatever they want. Because we're one big happy family. That's it. Feels like the objective since Bill left has been to tell everyone that everyone is happy. Yeah, and that they're all collaborating. Yeah, those are the two big and, things. And we are we're cutting that all up now. We will have it for you because it is amazing the message that is being pushed by well, Elliot Wolf. I, I what I what I am interested to see is how quickly people will either make excuses for Mayo or in two years look around and go, ugh, maybe it wasn't so bad after all. You know what I mean? Because it sure as hell feels like right now, and I'll judge by the Twitch chat as well, Gratia Risa and others, and, uh, well, the last five years sucked. Well, they went to the playoffs in 2021. Oh, and look what happened. Okay. Three year window, right, three year window for mail. Let's You're see what right. happens. They- but there'll be a million excuses for that because there are a small segment of people who are down with "Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead." I do think it is going to be interesting. To your point, that's, that's that'll be funny to see. What well, we got to have to try to really pay attention to see like when it flips because I do think that he's going to have a long leash. They're going to get the benefit of the doubt because he's a first year head coach. Regardless of what they're saying, the standard is he's not going to be able to live up to it right away. And if he does, great, you're ahead of schedule. But I would say after three years, like you'll really get to know, but I don't know if it'll happen that quickly. Some people by the by by Thanksgiving may say exactly what you said. This way doesn't work. They're soft. They hug too much. They care about each other's feelings. We want guys who want to demoralize the other dude and just not take any prisoners. And and who knows, maybe the lovey dovey kind of mentality w- will translate to wins. I have no idea. But there will be a big part of this region that says, go back to the way it was. Find a coach who's like Bill. Actually, go get Bill. (laughs) You know what it is? I think at the end of Bill, it was one extreme. We are now a lot like our country trying to go completely polar opposite because, oh, we think it's a good idea. Somewhere in the middle is probably where it needs to be. You can't just you know walk in the room and be like, "Hey, uh, all fifty three of you, what do you think about this?" And you get fifty three different opinions or whatever. Yeah, collaboration is needed, but ultimately, you now have Elliot Wolf being like, "Yeah, Buck stops with me." Can't I'm telling wait to you, tell everybody. I, I tell you, but I, I, uh, but it it feels like it is the. By God, for us to be successful, we must go polar opposite and tear down everything that happened here. You're right. I would say I've had the extremes on other teams. Mm-hmm. And neither one, they just don't work. There has to be some, like the Redskins, I talk, I talk about them all the time because it was such a polar opposite and it was so obvious for me because I left the Patriots and went straight to the Redskins with Joe Gibbs. Who let everybody do that? Who wants to say something? Well, I want different shoes. You got it. Oh, well, I don't like the hotel. You got it. We should practice earlier. Done. Hey, the train room, the the, the food sucks. We're changing it. And then, okay, well, I gave them all this stuff. I'm making them all happy. They'll be ready to play. Nope, because you allowed them uh, uh, just to be able to freelance, and there was no punishment, and there was no accountability, and it was, hey, you should just be doing this because I'm nice to you. Not because I'm yelling at you and, and threatening to fire you. Well, I didn't know. You said we were hugging. <laughs> we were hugging. Well, I thought that was a that is, was universal language. Is it's it an two, unwritten rule. Is it two o'clock hug time already? <laughs> no. Oh, man. I can't wait for the season to start. So uh, we will get to uh, Elliot Wolf. Chicken Nick is uh, grinding away on that. We did mention the Bruins and uh, Lawrence in New Jersey wants to talk about a couple of moves the bees can make. Lawrence, go ahead, friend.
0: What's up, boys? Good morning. Thanks for uh, taking the call here. I'm, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I get to pay and watch the Bruins, where you guys back home are, you know, on Ness and get it for free. So, I, you know, I sit through the games and I, and I don't turn them off. The boys got to put something together here, and I'm all for you know shaking it up, like you said, uh, whether that's Allmark or DeBrusque. But, you know, the, the the Bruins have a habit of, of, of showing their their better side late in the season. Um, I've grown up with the Bruins. I think they got to ship Allmark, either for Jake Gensel to Pittsburgh, uh, ship DeBrusque up, up to Calgary, um, do something. But the best thing about the Bruins is that goalie hug at the end of a win. So you want to talk about, you know, keeping everybody happy. That is the best part of the Bruins game right now, that hug at the end. Now the only guy that's not complaining is Bruce Cassidy. So take that for what you will. Bruce you know Cassidy. what? They're,
1: oh well, Bruce Cassidy again. Here soon. How
0: about uh, Bruce
1: Cassidy? You're right. They're coming in on Thursday, uh, but he's got a he's got a cup contender as well. I mean, you look at these division leaders right now; they're all within a point or two of each other, and uh, you know, luckily for the Bruins, Christian. They have the one thing that people do look for, and that is a starting goalie, somebody who can come in and do the job at a reasonable price. And at only $5 million a year, that's where to me the Bruins might have the most interesting piece to dangle because we now know that the Bees are going to have to remove money from the roster to be able to add a piece. In theory, that means another team would need to do the same thing where maybe there is a young up-and-coming defenseman or whatever that the Bruins might be able to get where another team looks at it and says, okay, we're subtracting a guy, but we're adding a goalie. That's a really big piece. So at least the Bruins have something significant to dangle. Now with everybody's cap situation, that's where you got to try to figure it all out. And that to me is where Sweeney's got to get in the lab. but they also have to be willing to bust a move with Olmark more than Swayman for me. so they got a young MC it they do. They got a young MC That's it. That's right okay, so how about this Tell me if this is cause for concern. okay so um, last 10 games let's just look at the uh, the Eastern Conference Atlantic Division uh, the Bruins last uh, last 10 games three, two and five Florida eight and two. Um, Toronto eight and two. You go to the Metropolitan, uh, Rangers, 9-1 uh, and one. to three of the teams that, you know, are actually playing really well um, after the All-Star break. Um, does that kind of make you worried at all about the way the Bruins are trending? Or is it kind of like... Ca- camouflage based on how they've been losing the games. Well, uh I also think who those teams are playing within that 10 game stretch, like was there a West Coast trip mixed in like the Bruins just played because I do think you have to add the uh, at least a little bit of layer of context as to strength of opponent uh because if you know, you get the right division on a road trip, you can get yourself four wins uh if you're a good team it doesn't, it doesn't freak me out based on the way others are playing around the Bruins because I'm kind of with Monty. The Bruins are not collapsing and they're not playing that bad. I think it is the do you have confidence in them that when the format changes, they're going to be okay. The Bruins have always been built on five-on-five on five hockey. That's the way, to me, they've always been built, and it's something that has driven hockey fans nuts with the Bruins for many, many years. But that's why the overtime and the shootouts don't freak me out. You still have good goaltending. You still have good structure. And it isn't, oh, you're up 4-2 at every game and whizzing it away. There are different sort of layers of context you could add to each win or loss. So, no, it doesn't freak me out at all. Because I'll tell you this, even against those teams you mentioned, five-on-five, I still like the Bruins five-on-five against all those teams. You're going to put them three on three in a short period of uh, of overtime? Okay, that doesn't suit the Bruins. You put them five on five against those teams, Bees are competitive, if not maybe the best top to bottom in terms of first line or whatever. Yeah, I do think there's a little bit of that is how they've lost uh, the overall knee-jerk reaction, like, Oh, my God, oh, my God, what's going on? And if you look at the way and the whole killer instinct, I think that's not it yet. I wouldn't sit there and say they don't have a killer instinct. They they've been in every in order to have and be in these games and, and push them into overtime, you need to have a killer instinct. Mm-hmm. They were down. They had the lead. They lost it. They came back. Posternock, if he, you know, in that shootout, if he has a maybe a better attempt, maybe things are different. And they're a little bit happier when they're flying back into the to the East Coast. We will hear what uh Elliot Wolf had to say coming up at eleven o'clock, and we can let you react to that. But next um, I love my people at UMass, but we're winding back the clock eight years. We'll tell you the latest about the Minutemen next.
0: A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download.
1: Grish and Fourier on W E E I. Are we going back to 2016 Fourier? What was 2016? All right, so... Refresh my memory. All right, so when uh, when UMass Amherst decided to level up and play Division One football, they were a, a member of the MAC in football. Football only, mm-hmm. right? So we know they've got the hockey team in Hockey East, their basketball, their A-10. They're trying to find a football home. In 2016, the Mac approached UMass and said, join us. Come be a full-fledged member. In football only? No. In everything? In everything. Okay. And they said no. Because you had the hockey interest and you had the basketball interest. And, you know, football was, you know, old Ryan Bamford and the crew out there, they were banging away on that division one football drum, but it didn't make sense for their other sports. So they've tried to go it as an independent and you can go to, you know, Biloxi, Mississippi every year and get one and a half million and lose by 40. Uh, You can have a couple of those to be able to make it work. And they built their facility out there and all this stuff. It's just interesting that now in 2024, some eight years later that there's this, Well, we're just shoving the chips to the center of the table. As I read this, this is purely a football move and nothing else. You have a hockey team that's really competitive and successful. And if you go by the college basketball power rankings, which are a big deal in that whole world, right now by conference power rank, the A-10, is regarded as the eighth or ninth best conference in the country. The Mac right now is 22nd. So this is clearly the we got Don Brown. We kind of figured out Nil enough to be able to get all the kids who don't want to go to other schools. Hey, you know, we'll take your, we'll take your retreads, you're unhappy, whatever, bring them mm-hmm. in. Come on, we got opportunity and playing time. And now starting in 2025, it'll be full-blown in the MAC where UMass will be able to compete. They absolutely will be able to in football. But to me, this is not about trying to get another national championship for hockey or whatever for baseball. This is now the move that needed to be made for UMass to have a tiny bit of stability and, And to be able to much more easily get to the CarQuest Bowl, which going to a bowl game for UMass football, considering where they've come from, would be an enormous achievement. You're absolutely right. They're the only, so after this move, the only two teams that will be legitimate independents in football alone are UConn. In Notre Dame. I do believe that is correct because Army, Army is, is going, going to, to the American. American. Army, Army is, is going, going to the American. Yep. Yep. So they will only be those two teams. And UConn. And Liberty is going to Conference USA. Yes. They were another one. Sorry. No. So UConn is never going to move because they put too much importance on their basketball team. So they are not leaving the Big East. They are not going to do it. It's already been talked about. So UConn will literally be sitting there holding their you-know-what and just hoping that someone will consider them. Maybe it's the MAC. I doubt it. Notre Dame's never going to go. They're basically part of the ACC for a certain amount of games a year, but otherwise, they're independent. This is the smartest thing and the best thing UMass have done. You cannot be left without a conference when all the dust settles with all the football realignment and the new playoffs. Like, you cannot. You have a better chance of being more relevant, getting more attention, bringing more recruits in if you're part of, of a conference. Mm-hmm. That was one of their problems. Now, they're still basically irrelevant in football. And they'll never sell out unless they get, you know, you know average at best. And maybe they, maybe they go on a run and see if Don Brown can remake this team like the first time he was a head coach at UMass. But this is the best thing. If you're a UMass fan, this is the best thing ever for you. You're part of a football conference. And no one... Like if you want to put uh, you know put your money behind hockey and basketball, it's a losing effort. You have to oh. attach. You have the money Ooh. is going to come from football. It's going to come from the conference. It's going to come from when the big there'll be they'll be end up being three major conferences, and there'll be a, a another group of five, call it or you know island of misfit toy teams, and they will have an opportunity to get to the playoffs, but UMass will never have that opportunity if they're not part of a conference. Well, uh, I mean, going to the playoffs from the MAC would be a Herculean feat, and you would have to beat somebody big along the way. And I think for this, there is the stability of the conference scheduling. Geographically, it does align. Uh, I mean, I know this from having talked to Ryan Bamford about it. There had always been the Conference USA rumors. Have you looked at Conference USA recently? Good Lord. I mean, it really is conference USA. You're going all the way out to New Mexico in some instances. So, in terms of aligning with the MAC, I think what it is though, Christian, it's a little disappointing only because it doesn't feel like football is ready to take advantage of the MAC just yet, and you've got a really good hockey team that's going to stay in Hockey East. Now they're going to become kind of the, you know, the, the team, team that's <laughs> on an island, but they're really good. And it's not like you, you know, I don't know what the the ultimate financials are, but whatever they've been, it's been enough for UMass to remain competitive at that level in that world. UConn's trying to do the same thing. You know, They're again, they added that hockey program a bunch of years ago, and they're just kind of trying to find their way. I think it's just disappointing because this could have happened eight years ago. And if you had just jumped then, while admittedly things were different, I think there was the thought process of, we're a state school, so we're going to be able to do better than the Mac. And that's why it feels a tad hollow. What do you think would have been better than the Mac, though? Conference USA? No, there were. Well, that's the thing, is that there was the American who was making moves. There was Conference USA. And now the Sunbelt is kind of like the Mac in that they sort of regionalized a little bit. And not that the Sunbelt ever would have been a perfect fit, but I think there was a thought we're a state school. So we're going to be alluring to someone. And in reality, it just never really worked out. And unfortunately, to kind of defend UMass, UConn, and the Independents, you know, the COVID year wrecked those schools, the independent football schools more than it did those in the conferences. Well, UConn didn't even play. Well, UConn shut it down. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And think of that in terms of setting back a program or, hey, you haven't been on TV or, my God, you know, you have this happen and all these other schools are doing whatever and you guys are sitting on the sideline. Like, it's a bad look that gets kind of used against you. And I know Walt Bell fought like hell just to be able to get, I think it was they played a couple spring games or whatever it was or something like that. You know, and when he got shipped out of here, which he should have, he was bitching and moaning about that. Oh, you know, we don't do things like they do in the South. Well, no crap, dummy. You should have known that before he came up here. And, well, that guy got punted at Indiana, so maybe it was just a bad hire in the end.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think mean, this is
1: this this is a good thing for for hey, UMass. Hey, listen, this is a good thing for UMass. I am jacked up. I'm going to get more Bowling Green and Kent State. Maybe and, there's some CBS Sports Network in the future. Yeah, to cover know. those. Oh wait, so are we are we going to be calling games on Tuesday? Max, oh, Shane, you're going to be calling God. a game on a Tuesday. That I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Maxion football. Oh, you become, man. Hey, live from... No, you know what it would be is I'd have to do the show from the hangar. Yeah. I'd have to do the show from the hangar pub and then get ready for the big totally six fine. 630 kickoff you. on ESPN and, Wiggy, and Wiggy's boys. There you go. They're going to have the Wiggins there joining the Mac. Hey, you know what? Uh, Wiggy had a pretty dope winter hat on yesterday. It was a UMass one. I think he said one of his kids sent it to him. I need to give me one. It just it just looked nice. Yeah. It was... Uh, so anyway, uh, hey, here's the thing. Congrats to Ryan Bamford, the AD, because this has become his mission in a lot of ways. And now that they're settled, I wonder how many other schools knock on Bammer's door. He's done a great job. He brought this program from nothing in terms of football. They've won a hockey national championship. They hired friend. You know, he's hired good coaches. At some point, I just wonder when a Power Five school says. Look at what that guy's done. We need to poach him. Because I think right now, Ryan Bamford is like one of the higher paid ADs in the MAC. Like some of those guys make no money out at like Akron or whatever. But (laughs) uh, Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, Buffalo. There's another one. Yeah, Was it Turner Gill left there to go to Nebraska a bunch of years ago? And I mean, the door didn't even hit him. He was out. So he's like, well, I got it. Yes. Yes. See you later. Multi-millions. Coming up, uh, Elliot Wolf spoke for the first time since getting power or getting his new role. We'll hear what uh, the chief cook and bottle washer of the personnel department of the Patriots said
0: next.